Shut up and sit down. This is off the walk. For all our beer drinkers out there, this episode's for you. Because we have Boaz and Jacob with us today, and the two of them co-owned and co-founded Two Pillars, a brewery located right here in Calgary. Boaz, Jacob, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Hi. Awesome. So, you guys have Two Pillars. Now, I myself personally, for all listeners out there, I myself have been to Two Pillars more times than I can think of in the last month, basically. And I've really, really enjoyed your beer. I'm actually drinking your beer in case this goes on video right now. <laughs> I know it's really hard to see, but this particular one's called... Which, which one is it? This one's called Pillars of Fire. Oh, nice. Yeah. It tastes fantastic, especially on a hot day like this. For listeners out there as well, too, Lance as well could not make it. We have Katie as our co-host. Katie? Thank Hi you for everyone. hosting again. Hi, Katie. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm super excited to have this chat with you guys. I don't know anything about beer, so I'm hoping to learn a lot. Yeah. So how, how did you guys both start meeting each other? I, many, many a couple of years ago was hiring a new sales guy, and uh, that happened to be me. And Boaz was already, already working there, and uh, we got talking about beer in the interview, and... Uh, just started brewing beer on Tuesdays and kind of went from there. And is that Mini Cooper, like the car dealership? That's right, yeah. <laughs> That's such an interesting transition from working with cars to owning a brewery. Where did you get inspired yeah. from that? Yeah, like uh, how did you go from that? How was that even in your mind in the first place of brewing? It's a hobby. It's a hobby? <laughs> I guess we can... No, drinking and driving is not good. So brewing and driving is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how did you guys even That's learn right. how to brew your own beer? Is it something that you guys watch it on YouTube or did you just watch yeah. other people? I mean, brewing is brewing is something that's that's been around for as as long as we've had civilization, pretty much. So um, there's a lot of resources. There are a lot of different ways of brewing beer and thousands of books you can read youtube videos just the trial and error mainly to be honest mm -hmm. um, and uh we we just started brewing styles that we liked and styles that we couldn't get in the grocery store and uh just trying new things and it ended up being pretty good the one that you guys brew your original one is that now your kind of signature brew at two pillars it's it's one of them, yeah. I, we actually still have um, some of the first brew that we ever brewed um, almost two years ago, and uh, it's still it's still on tap. Um, it's been aged. It's got a little bit of a different flavor, but it's very popular. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a golden ale, strong golden ale, and uh, that's kind of what made us fall, fall in love with uh, with brewing beer. And then what? What was kind of the decision point where you guys decided to quit your jobs at Mini Cooper and actually go ahead and find a location and start your own business? I guess we, we wanted to find we wanted to do something with a location before once we once we had that 
uh, once we brew that go the golden strong is our beer that we that we got hooked onto and we brewed that a couple of times and and we wanted to we wanted to brew that and sell it you know and share that with people basically mm-hmm. and once we had that we, we were thinking of a location but then the location wasn't uh, it was it's not easy right it was it's not easy so we decided to start doing like a contract brewing like to right. start the brand start producing the product yeah so then we we, we did the product we actually produced the product we, we brew a big batch of um, of 8.6 percent golden strong ale <laughs> which which a lot of people in the industry said that you guys are crazy going, <laughs> it's pretty strong. So much yeah. of a strong beer but it's it's very tasty uh, with the help of of course, also with the help of uh, of a very good uh, friend of ours right now, uh, brewing at his brewery with, with the big system. Mm. Um, so we uh, we have so we brew we brew that beer and then it and then we end up to be uh, it has to be packaged because of the way that we could, we sell it we have to be hold, we have to wholesale it so we can only sell it to restaurants and mm. uh, liquor store. Uh, so then we it's become a it become like an out of beer on the shelf, mm-hmm. just an out of beer on the shelf. So we wanted to do more. We we have always wanted to do more with the brand. Uh, is to the two pillars is you know to connect people to good food and good drink, right? So then we uh, that's when we started. Uh, thought okay, let's look for a look look for a location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so that's how you guys came up with the name Two Pillars. I'm guessing is just good food and good beer together is like the two pillars, like a foundational pillars. Am I, I don't know if I'm getting that correct. Yeah, kind yeah, of. That's right. Kind of. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. a pillar, two pillars of a community, right? People connect over good food and good drink, no matter what the, no matter the, uh, no matter where they're from, right? No matter where, uh, like the culture, every, everyone, everyone eat and drink, they converse over food and drink and, they connect. Mm-hmm. So, rolling back on to when you first started brewing, so how does that brewing process even, how do you even brew your own beer? I, I don't know anything about beer. I only know how to drink it. I don't know what the behind the scenes on that whole process. So, how about you explain a little bit on that? You know, it's actually a very, um, a very, a very good Alberta drink because it starts out with good quality barley. Right. And uh, you put it in a in a tank, and uh, basically add some water. You make basically make a tea uh, out of it, and it starts to it's the enzymes in the malt start to change into sugar, okay. which you then add hops to, which which uh, a lot of hops actually grow out in BC. Yeah. Um, and uh, the hops will add a little bitterness to balance the sweetness. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, you can add different types of hops and then you chill it. And then you, we actually, uh, one of the, the most important parts of our brewing is actually adding a very um, aromatic yeast to mm-hmm. that 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 uh, sweet wort, it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that yeast eats away and it produces all these fruity, spicy flavors. And uh, then you carbonate it and, and Bob's your uncle. <laughs> How long does that whole process take? Um, the, the actual brewing takes, uh, about five or six hours and then, uh, and then about 10 days later, it's beer. 
Oh, okay. That's actually quite a long time. And then how do you guys come up with the different flavors? Do you kind of just try it? You're like, oh, let's make a fruity one for summer or let's make something um, like for wintertime. You would use maybe cinnamon or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Is that kind of where you guys get your inspiration from? Yeah, you could you could be a burra. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. How do you guys control the percentage of of the alcohol content so how much more is it what or do you put in there or is it a longer brewing time or something it'd be the amount of sugar so the more sugar you have in the um in the unfermented beer yeah the more alcohol you're gonna have at the end oh okay. so you use more more grain at the beginning which turns into more sugar which turns into more alcohol i see so so you could technically put a lot of sugar in there and just turn yep. the beer into something crazy like 10 12% if you really wanted to. Yeah, if you think of it in a in a funny in a like in a funny way is the yeast yeast will eat sugar and poop out alcohol. <laughs> so and then they will at a, at some point they will drown in their own poop. <laughs> okay. Oh, so then, then they will die. Then they will die. So the yeast will die when it's too high in alcohol. Oh. Yeah, so you And then how do you guys come up with the names? You were saying your signature beer is Golden Strong? Where did yeah, yeah, where did that even come from? Yeah, so Golden Golden Strong is a beer is a uh, beer style according to a uh to the uh, uh the BJCP which is a uh like a guideline, a beer style guideline that um that I think it's American. It's American thing more, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a world, uh, a a well known, a world. People go with that. People go with that guy. People go with that guideline a lot. Yeah. Um. So the it's one of the style called as uh, the Golden Strong Ale. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we just uh, you will notice a lot of our uh, our core beers are more of a classic style, and just by just name it, we just name the beer by the style. So golden strong oh, is basically okay. the style of the beer. Uh, another one is dark strong, is mm-hmm. basically the style of the beer called dark strong ale. Mm-hmm. And we have a blonde and a wet. Uh, those are all actually the name of the style. So instead of instead of giving uh, our core beer uh, a name, we we just went with a very uh, classic style for the name. Um. The golden strong, the wit, the dark strong, um, and the blonde are pretty uncharacteristic, actually, for our beer names. We have a pretty unique style of uh, of, of coming up with beer names. It's a bit of a creative process every time for, for our staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought you might be interested just to hear oh, um, yeah. some of the uh, oh, small some haikus. Yeah, yeah. The, so the, the small batches. So we we actually write a haiku every time we uh, every time we come out with a new small batch, which is a couple of times a week. Oh, that is a lot of haikus. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of haikus. Yeah, I uh, we 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 came up with haikus for the first few, and uh, it just ended up ended up carrying on somehow. Oh, and then so is the haiku then almost like the name of that specific beer or how, is that how it would appear on the menu? Yeah. So the haiku, the haiku would be the inspiration for the name. Oh, um, and okay. then it would also, it would also kind of act as a description of the beer in, in a kind of 
creative way. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't mind, just to share a couple of them. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. One, uh, so we got our, um, we got our cherry good, um, uh, which is, which is a favorite right now, actually. It's a, it's a sour beer, mm-hmm. um, fruited sour beer. And, uh, it's, uh, our backyard picnic sourdough with cherry jam, giving sage advice. That's the haiku. That's awesome. And it's so have, nice. Uh, Cause it really paints a picture of a whole it does, scene. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we have, uh, we have soft as thunder. I'll just give you one more. Soft okay. as thunder, gingered root beer float, thunder in an oak barrel, pecan grove gets rain. Oh, it just I, gives you an idea, right? Oh, yeah. for sure. I feel like I picture more. It's something you would drink on at home on a colder, rainy day, maybe. Just from I, even absolutely. the notes, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, that's, it is a it is a colder day beer for sure. That's mm-hmm. awesome, and even the one I'm drinking right now. Pillars of fire, crisp effervescence, smooth malt with a clean finish. Crowd pleaser relaunched. Yeah, these are amazing. So did the both of you guys take turns to come up with these haikus or is it a group effort? We all do it. We actually all our, uh, all our team members there, uh, they, we get them to, because tasting beer is kind of a, a thing that we do. For every beer, mm-hmm. uh, so we get we get all of them to taste all the new all the new beer that Jacob made, and then we will. Uh, and That's then, awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then we will start writing. Uh, for some, we can only we can only do like two, two maybe three. Three is pop. We probably we didn't ever finish three. I think we That's end up drinking too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Guys, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, haikus are. I mean, you gotta paint a picture in when in that five seven five. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good idea. How did you guys come up with that? I believe it was Jacob's. It was Jacob's idea. He was always because he was. Uh, I think at one one time, he, um, Jacob studied English, right? and he he one time he posted a uh, posted a poem that he was a story that he did, and he was just. It was just uh, kind of uh, made. He made a poem while he was on a, on a run. Am I right? Right. It was <laughs> oh, that's run. right. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about and, that. Yeah, and then I saw that, and it was great. So then I think we just started something, some haikus, and it was all Jacob at first because that I, I told him that haikus in English doesn't do any. Like I can't do any of that. <laughs> yes, I'm ESL. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, 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 but then and we end up just. I end up coming up with a lot of the. I guess they, they, they come to me for the last line because yeah. the last line is something. <laughs> it's something silly and something fun. So I, I usually say something pretty silly and just put it as the last line. And yeah. uh, and we have been doing once we started that and we have been just going doing all, have all the, all the small batches and everyone loves it. Every, all the staff uh, love it. It also, in a way that, um, it's kind of a fun way to train yourself on your palate. You know, to try and associate yeah. with you know to what flavor you're tasting, uh, what you're getting out of the uh, malt, the yeast, and the hop uh, from the one beer. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy that you guys are just experimenting all the time in small batches. That means you guys are basically in that laboratory like all the time, just playing around all day with new new mixes, right? Just drinking yeah. beer all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that, are you guys there every day? Like, the, do you guys find that you're spending more time at the brewery as as opposed to in your restaurant or? In your, how do I even say this? Like on the on the, at the brewery, like yeah. at, the, at the business. The business <laughs> brewery and business. Yeah. At first, we we started. I think when we were starting, we were building, uh, building the place because of the pandemic. You know, things are going slower. We were there like every day, mm-hmm. and we're there. Uh, sometimes we they were doing they're doing construction, and we were brewing in the basement. We're they're doing like a home brew in the. With the homebrew <laughs> equipment in the basement, and yeah, that's uh, that's when we we were there. We were there a lot that time. Now, uh, now because there is more. Uh, once the business started, there's more out of work as well. Mm-hmm. So we have to kind of di- we have to divide up the role a bit. And uh, Jacob take care of basically all the his the brewmaster is take care of all the brewing. It's always a better brewer anyway. So <laughs> so I mean, I get him to. So he brew, he brew all that, and uh, he brew all those, all the beers, and then I take care of, I have to take care of some of the back. Everything else. Everything yeah, else. everything. everything. Yeah. The daily operations and, and all that type of stuff, and staff and all yeah. that. And then how about for the food? So that would be, I guess, we're talking about the second pillar, also a fundamental aspect. Do you guys hire somebody to make all your food, or did you guys come up with the menu so it would complement certain types of beer? And then do you guys change it seasonally? So we are actually very blessed with a friend when we started, and um, a friend who helped us, who is a uh, who is a uh, head chef at the restaurant now. Mm. But at the because during the pandemic, there were no uh, there were no nothing for her for her to do mm-hmm. so she helped she helped us with the menu set up the uh set up the menu uh she actually created the dishes uh to complement with the beer uh, pair with the beer uh she even she was even helping us uh when uh, at that time when we were when we first opened right mm-hmm. and then of course now she uh she taught basically taught us everything and we are um we still have we have her recipe and we just we're making we're just trying to stay we just need to stay consistent with the recipe yeah and uh but she's always around too she's all we're always thinking if there's any new ideas she's helping us with uh with designing the designing the food menu as well which is which works really uh works really good for us uh for our especially when we first started then we can focus on what um i mean food is always something that we uh Food is something that always what we what we like and uh, to be honest is hot pot is what connected us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you guys all had hot pot together and then you were yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. random. After brewing, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. After a brew day, after a brew day at uh, especially in in summertime and after a brew day, we, um, and we would just stay, we would just eat together. And mm. if it's cold, when it's uh, when it's winter time, uh, way back when we before we started, we were just doing the recipes. We actually brew uh, actually brew in my in the shower. 
because oh. it doesn't make a mess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. Yeah. That's crazy. How many? Actually, yeah. I have a question on that. How many brews did it take for you to get your first good brew? How long did that take? Unless your first one was um, the best. Unless you guys were amazing. Yeah. Hard to. I mean, they. We had a we had a couple of rough ones, but for the most part, I think our first and our second one at least were we liked, and so we just we we actually tried to replicate. That was the most difficult bit, getting a consistent. Brew what happens? Get it again. What happens if you make a horrible batch? Do you guys just throw it out, or you just force yourself to just chug it all, <laughs> not to waste it? We, Sell it at a we discount. Threw, we throw. Uh, oh, at at. Um, uh, at the brewery, I guess everything, uh, we're glad that everything, I think we have ever, Jacob Jacob knows better. Now, I think we threw, we had to throw out a couple of batches when we first getting used to the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but before, but when we were doing home brewing, of course, we just, we, we threw, I think we threw out one batch, one batch because it was, uh, it just the process, you know, of home brewing, not like getting like oxygen in the beer and it reacts to it and yeah so as yeah so it didn't turn out uh it didn't turn out great we may see that as long yeah then we just we just dump we just dumped just, them. We just, just dumped just, it like, it was 20 liters 20 liters of <laughs> food beer so such it wasn't a waste. too it wasn't too too bad <laughs> do you need do you need a lot of space if you're doing home brewing like or is it just a couple of items and then like any and then you can just start it. Well, I guess he can do it in his bathroom, so it doesn't seem yeah, like right. you that's need that much space. <laughs> you need about you need about a meter squared. If you've got a meter squared somewhere, then you're uh, you're you're right. <laughs> yeah. Holy smokes! Yeah. But then, like, where do you depending get the- on the equipment? Depending oh. depending on the equipment too, right? So you, if you are focused on space, you need to get something that is more uh, a space saving kind of equipment to to. To do what you can, to do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. It may, it may be. Uh, there are so many, uh, so different technology and new equipment coming out that will right. save space. Uh, so we we're lucky that uh, we're able to get some equipment that's just that only that doesn't take us a lot of space. Oh. Because not because both Jacob and I don't have a lot of space to <laughs> to. Uh, to ferment beer or brew beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, oh yeah, what were we going to say, Jacob? I, well, you know, I used, when I first started out, I started brewing a, a gallon at a time, <laughs> which is, which is about 10 bottles. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because I, I lived in a very small apartment, so I just did it straight on the stovetop. Oh. And, and you know you you really don't need you, you don't need a lot to to brew beer. It's a very it's a very simple process. Mm, I see. And one thing I always want to know too is for beers. You know you're gonna have like the lighter beers and the darker beers, and you're gonna have beers where it's kind of like more fruity and stuff. Like what type of things are you changing in to make it go from like a lighter beer to like a darker beer? Uh, it would be the um, mainly if you're talking about color, it would be the malt. So. Uh, when they when they uh, when they take the barley from straight from the harvest, yeah. um, they actually put it in a in a flat sheet with a bit of water, and they let okay. it germinate. Okay. Um, and then that that wakes up the enzymes, and then they throw it in a a big oven, 
a big kiln and they heat it up to dry it to dry it out to kind of stop that process um, of of the enzymes um, and depending on how hot the kiln is um, or how long it's roasted for mm-hmm. you get different colors of, of malt um, and so with the different colors of malt you get different flavors um, and, and you get chocolate malt you get caramel malt you get mm-hmm. coffee malt brown malt and all of these different malts you can mix together to create these different colors and different flavors oh. interesting and then like say like fruitier flavors what do you add in there like are you literally adding in just like different some, fruits some strawberries sometimes yeah i sometimes it's fruit actual fruit uh most of the time uh we actually don't use real fruit right um we uh we we play with the the, the malt flavors so maybe i use um a light kind of uh lightly roasted malt yeah. with a yeast that produces um dark fruit flavors um, or hops that have berry kind of flavors. And so then you play with the flavors of the hops, the malt and the yeast, and they all come together to produce a, a fruity or a spicy flavor. Oh, that's interesting. I had no idea. Spicy flavor, you say? <laughs> yeah. That I Golden would like. Strong uh, is, a, is, a, is a spicy beer. So you've got kind of that white pepper, um, clove, a little bit of clove, um, a wit is a very spicy beer. You got little hints of cor- I actually put a little coriander in. Yeah. Um, like actual coriander? In that one. Actual coriander, <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing, man. That's crazy. I like yeah, the. Yeah, it's the like quite the process. Because, like, how would you kind of know? It's like, oh, today I'm just going to, I just feel like I'm going to put some coriander and yeah. some nutmeg. Let's just hope this tastes well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I guess maybe I'm just not good and maybe my palette is not good great enough for me to know what two combinations of flavors would go together because a lot of you the could time definitely add too much yeah for yeah. sure we've done that before <laughs> we've done that yeah we've done, we we taste different even uh some of the spice when you taste it and when you put it in the beer is uh it turns out different mm-hmm. right in the flavor one uh the I guess the the one thing uh, is one thing that very important is the balance of it. Okay. Uh, when you balance the spice, uh, the, the sweetness from the malt, uh, and then the uh, and also the the fruity we got uh, ester, right? The fruity ester that's from the yeast. Mm-hmm. So we kind of balance if we can balance it all out, uh, it will turn out it's a very flavorful beer, but nothing is going to to overboard mm-hmm. right right and at what point do you find that what at what point when you're done that that brew are you like okay this is something we can market do you do you like the two you tasted do you get all the stuff do you get people like i can come in to like taste on the beer and tell you oh this is, <laughs> this is you can market this one this one's real good at what point do you make a how do you make that decision um you know we're, we're playing with we're, we're actually really fortunate to have the smallest um brewery in in the city mm-hmm. um so we uh, all of our batches are only 100 liters okay so um thankfully thankfully pretty much from the beginning um we know that a beer is going to be 
somebody will love it. <laughs> Every beer somebody will love, right? Yeah. So it it goes through the whole process. It goes through the, you know, I, I brew it. It goes through the fermentation process, regardless of what it tastes like, unless it's, unless it's, um, um, unless it's actually contaminated or something's got in there that shouldn't have got in there. Yep. Um, it'll go into the keg and actually it changes quite a lot once it's in the keg and then it oh. gets put on tap. And then once it's on tap, that's the point where we really start to taste it and we get to see what the flavors are like. Um, and thankfully, they've they've all been um, marketable so far. <laughs> that, Have you guys ever thought about? So I actually heard recently that there's some brewer, breweries or beer companies that are infusing cannabis with their beer. Would you guys ever think about doing something like that? I, I don't. I don't think it will be. Um, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. It, there are so many other different things we 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 can we're doing right now. Uh, that way, I know there are some big companies. Uh, big com- there, there, there is actually cannabis infused beer made by uh, made by some big beer company. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they are uh, the alcoholized beer and uh, with with some uh, with some with cannabis infused. Mm-hmm. So it's and there there is a different. I guess there's still a different market for for those with with. We kind of staying with. Uh, we have our classic style with our four beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have our. Uh, we have our. Uh, create like kind of more of a creative style of our uh, small batch beer, but you will find that most of our beer are basically kind of staying, um, staying with the more of a uh, historic uh, process of style, or, or or style of the beer that we're doing. So um, we basically we are even just playing with temperature of the fermentation and it changes the flavor. Oh. So it's it's just so much um, there's so much things that we we we're playing with right now and mm-hmm. we we actually have a lot or has a lot has a lot to play with and that um, we we're not in that category yet. <laughs> yeah, that's like a whole other ball game. <laughs> Yeah. So what do you, it yeah. seems like you guys have a lot in store. Like what are your guys' goals to like for expansion or because you said you guys have been open for two years now and you guys were kind of this kind of happened during the pandemic. So what are you guys hoping to achieve in the next few years? We're not even uh, to be honest, we're not even open operation like for an our tap room for more than for a year. Not even a year yet. Oh. Uh, we started the tap room in September fifth, which the Labor Day long weekend. That's when we first I started in 2019. 2000, uh, sorry, 2000, uh, 2019. Okay. So to, uh, no, sorry, I'm, I'm one year behind. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, 2020. So it, uh, so we we approaching our first year, uh, our, our first year. A birthday for the the, the tap room, right? Mm-hmm. And although we we have made the beer, we have made beer before. Uh, the Golden Strong was made before, and we was we were we started our we started selling it. Uh, for future expansion, we like the com- we like the uh the community, uh the the connection, uh to connect people and the relationship aspect of the uh of the neighbors uh and our brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think 
staying in that staying in this size and staying in the community is is important to us the people are important to us yeah so we uh we'll probably keep going in this direction i think as far as expanding goes uh maybe maybe another one in a different community mm -hmm. so there is like another another hub for people in the community to connect over good food and good drinks i see yeah. mm -hmm. would you ever consider so like, we'll, oh sorry we'll keep going boas yeah so it's in that sense more so it's smaller more small location for people to gather mm -hmm. uh instead of growing uh growing big in volume i guess yeah to keep that intimacy and that more of that yeah. community feel yeah i completely mm -hmm. understand i see but mm -hmm. you so so no wholesale eh? are on some of their bigger your 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 lasting like your original bigger brews and stuff no wholesale we we still do uh we did we did wholesale before right now we're trying uh right now we have changed our process a little bit we we would see if we can uh still handle that volume mm -hmm. Right. Once we can handle, once we can handle that, it may uh, we will do some wholesale. We'll probably focus on uh, uh, focus on like local, uh, like boutique liquor stores. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So the smaller ones, and that they will get out because uh, to go to go with something uh, with a high volume uh, is we we have done that we have done that before with the gold, we have, when we first started. Yeah. And I think we find more, um, uh, we find that more, more uh, meaningful for, to us, to mm. our brand, uh, to be, to have a location uh, for people to come in. Yeah. Uh, instead of just, you know, doing, uh, doing a lot of wholesale, going more volume, yeah. just pumping out product kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. You could also um, get like up and coming restaurants or small little cafes to um, serve maybe some of your um, seasonal beer or just your signature beer. Um, so I, cause I've seen a lot of new restaurants and cafes do that with um, all the coffee shops that are popping up in town. They'll be like, oh, yeah. this restaurant's serving specifically coffee from this place and stuff like that. And now it's always good for me to go to a different restaurant and get to try somebody else's um, like liquor or beer or coffee that kind of gets the name out as well. Yeah. What we, what we can also do, uh, sorry, Jacob. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, what we can right. also do, Yeah. Because we were like, Jacob and I were talking about, uh, brewing, uh, uh, to, uh, to actually make something special. For them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Something that caters yeah. to their menu or their theme or style. Yeah. Just because of the nature of our size, the size of the brew, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we yeah. can do well, that. We're small enough so that we can uh, we can actually. Every brew is two kegs, mm -hmm. um, so two kegs basically usually last us about two weeks. Oh, okay. Um, in of each brew, um, so if a restaurant wanted just to throw this out, if they wanted a signature beer uh, that only they had brewed by two pillars. Um, that even we didn't serve, we could we could do that for them. Oh, that's, that's sick! So I could be like, mm. I'd also like a, <laughs> my own personalized custom brew 
you could do that. That's right. Now that That's is right. a business right there. That's a business model right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is sick. So I got a question too on the alcohol percentage. Like, are all your beers the same alcohol percentage? Like, what? Like, what's that standard? Like four or five percent? About the lowest is about uh, what's the lowest we've done? Four point eight. Maybe four point yeah something like yeah four point eight I think it was the lowest and I think the highest we've done is is over <laughs> over uh, the <laughs> highest we the highest we're allowed to go is eleven point nine and uh, and we've we've been there eleven point nine percent that's yeah that's some heavy stuff <laughs> that's a different type of night that you're, you're, yeah. it's like is this going to be a 4% night or an 11% night <laughs> that's right what what makes you choose kind of like how do you get to these percentages like what how do you get to them and is it like is 4 point is 4.9 just a little too much or and it's just that 4.8 is perfect yeah I mean it depends what the purpose of the beer is so um you know, if you want something that you that's going to be super refreshing, yeah. Um, maybe on a on a hot summer's day, uh, you might want something a little lighter. Um, right. I, I actually I actually really enjoy a strong beer on a on a summer's day, especially <laughs> if it's a pale strong beer, like a like a like a light, very uh, like a golden ale. Yeah. On that's nine percent, it can be very refreshing to me, but. But usually, usually the the higher the alcohol, the warmer it's going to feel mm-hmm. down the throat, yeah. and in the stomach, right? Yeah. So it's you, like when you you're take a. That. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna do a comparison. It's like when you take a shot of just very strong liquor, and as you're swallowing it, you can feel that your stomach and your throat is just getting super warm. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that with some beer. of our beers are like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to drink it down. Very it's just warming like, for the winter. It's just fire coming down the throat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, a, a lot of a lot of times, uh, I guess people will think of we look at the alcohol content, and they, there is a there's always been a, um, a misconception of a strong beer that doesn't taste good. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, right? mm. but uh, but the but the style or the yeast. We use majority of a Belgian uh, Belgian yeast strain that uh, produces uh, that can actually withstand high alcohol and is good at actually doing higher alcohol uh, beer. Uh, that which is style without without actually having it tasting too too uh, too much too much alcohol. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that's why the Golden Strong is that Golden Strong is actually one of uh, most. Uh, a refreshing beer that you can drink on a hot day, which is eight point six percent. It's almost compared. I would say compared to someone who will have a nice uh, prosecco and <laughs> on a hot day. Yeah, right? it's also a high percentage. Yeah. but it's, but it's tasty. Uh-huh. Uh, the beer. So this is the dryness of the beer too, because of the beer is dry. Is uh, when it ferment, it's quite dry. It's dried out, so it doesn't. It, it's not a very uh it's not super heavy on the body right so mm. as you drink it it's still refreshing i'm gonna have to try this next time because i keep trying I've, I've tried a bunch of your beer i don't think i've actually tried the original golden strong so mm-hmm. i gotta i gotta try to sell <laughs> yeah. next time I'm, I'm down there you gotta try it you guys make it sound so yeah. refreshing i would love one of those right now. <laughs> hot summer yeah. day right now and then i uh, noticed that too when i was 
when I come and purchase your beers in the can, the they tell me to kind of like flip it slowly or something to get it to mix. It. What, what's the idea Depending behind that? Depending on the beer. Dep- oh, yeah. Okay. So most of the beers, um, most of the beers, you actually want to keep it upright, right? Um, because they're all all of our beers are unfiltered. Um, okay. So you may have a little bit of sediment at the bottom. Um, oh. that's, it's all, it's all good to drink. Yeah. Uh, it just is going to make your beer a little cloudy. Right. Um, so you want to just leave that to settle out and then pour it off. Um, but if you drink like something like a wit, um, or, uh, perhaps in any, any beer that's, that's supposed to be hazy, yeah. um, then you can actually store that upside down. And then once you, once you turn it upright, you're going to get all that sediment going into the glass and, uh, you get a nice, it adds the, to the flavor and the mouthfeel and the experience mm-hmm. of the beer. Interesting. I didn't know that it was. Uh, so I, I didn't know what when you first said unfiltered. I didn't know what that meant. But I guess there's sediment. Interesting. That's uh, that's yep. something new. So that's cool. And then mm-hmm. is there a difference between bottling it, bottling it and putting it in cans? Or, or, or is that just like a preference, like a style preference? We, the bottle, you can actually bottle uh, condition the beer. So you can... Uh, so when we were doing, uh, there are some there are some special beer uh, that some breweries still do that is mm-hmm. uh, bottle conditioning. Basically, they let the beer carbonate itself in the bottle, so they still use the bottle. There's oh. uh, there's still yeast and sugar inside. It's still fermenting. Yeah. In the in the bottle, and uh, when it's fermenting, it gives it the carbonation. Oh. Uh, so so that's how um, so that's bottle bottle conditioning. Um, and we can't, so, but most of, a lot of beer, we go with, um, we go with, uh, carbonating it, like forced carbonation. Yeah. So we basically put carbonation in, instead of, uh, letting the yeast, uh, waiting for the yeast to produce its own, uh, to eat more sugar, to produce its own, uh, CO2. Gotcha. Uh, so you will see many, um, all, almost all the beers out there in cans, they are, uh, I'd say they're uh, forced carbonate yeah. with some with some uh, one-off or exception that they may actually this can be dangerous to actually condition it in the can or in the keg uh, in the keg because um, if the calculation is off it can or if the temperature it can blow up. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it happened. Will, it, yeah. it happened. It happened. Yeah. For you guys, even for bottles. Even for bottles, it can blow up the bottle. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, so stick with them cans. When a, when a bottle blows up, it's more dangerous than yeah. Yeah. just shards of glass. Cans yeah. also always keep your beer refrigerated. It keeps it fresh, and also, uh, especially unfiltered beer, uh, unfiltered beer, there is a chance that it can keep fermenting when it's in uh, when it's in a warm environment. So if the yeast is still active and there, it, if it keeps, if it decides to eat more sugar, it will create more CO two, and then with the temperature going up, uh, temperature going up, it can expand, and it can it can still blow up the it can still blow up uh, blow up a can. Oh, smokes. Okay, yeah. I'll know that for next time too, because uh, I actually yeah. just left a couple <laughs> cans of beer in my car the other day. <laughs> the other day, oh. <laughs> it was like uh, you know, it's pretty hot outside. I'll know now. Yeah. Treat it like frozen goods. Drive home immediately. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and it keeps it fresh. Refrigeration, the temperature keeps it fresh. 
okay. I see. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I mean, I just want to say thank you again for agreeing to come on and to kind of give us like a little rundown on how you guys started and the whole process of just making beer because I think a lot of us, I mean, we just drink it. Like we don't know the process behind it and how there is a lot of experimentation and a lot of work that goes behind this in order to produce like a a, a great cup of or a great uh, bottle or beer or, or can of beer, right? So I want to say thank you to you two for educating us and our listeners out there on the process. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Thank Thanks you for, for having us. us. Yeah, awesome. And so for our listeners out there, if they want to kind of check out your website and all that, what's the what's your website called? So our website is twopillars.ca. T-W-O-P-I-L-L-A-R-S.ca. That's the that's our website. Uh, we are we will have a new uh, brand new website coming uh, soon. Okay. And we also will be uh, will have our uh, constantly rotating small batches on our Instagram. Uh, so it's all one word: two pillars. Two pillars brewery. T w o p i l l a r s b r e w e r y. Okay, I hesitated. <laughs> I was stopping. That's okay, pretty good. I, I hesitated about my spelling, but I I, I think I spelled it right. <laughs> good. Um, so yeah, just follow us on Instagram. Uh, we will put our uh, put our latest uh, small batches on there, and uh, yeah, all, all the and we'll we'll line it up on the new flight and all that. Awesome. And and come in for a beer too. Yes, definitely. I know I am for sure. <laughs> and so for our listeners out there as well too, if you'd like to share your story with us, you can hit us up on email at offthewalk.info at gmail.com. Also follow us on Instagram at offthewalkpodcast for our newest and latest episodes. So thank you again. And until next time, come walk with us again. <laughs>